Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you 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 must be so excited. Listen now. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is a podcast from The Bugle. <laughs> He which hath no stomach to this fight, let him depart. His passport shall be made, and crowns for convoy put into his purse. We would not die in that man's company that fears his fellowship to die with us. This day is called The Gargle, the sonic glossy magazine to the Bugle's audio newspaper for visual world. Welcome to this week's show. Your guest editors in the edition are John Robertson. Hello. Hey. Thank you. And Alison Spittle. Huzzah! Ah, that's me. Sorry, I shouldn't have talked while John Robinson was talking, but I wanted him to get applause. <laughs> uh, so. that, that's okay. Oh, here we go. There. Hey, good, hey. good for us. Yeah. We'll get into this week's edition, but first let's have a look at the front cover. The front cover this week is Lil Nas X making out with a sexy, blonde, blue-eyed Jesus with a six-pack. The headline reads... What a weird coincidence. He's outraged the conservative Midwest of America again. <laughs> Other headlines include Euro Championship Madness, England lost final to Italy in a penalty shootout, leading idiots to attack black people in the street, which is a completely absurd way to wreak vengeance on the black players who missed the goals, though basically the same impulse as dudes who treat women badly because they think they hate women when actually they just feel sad that their wife left them. <laughs> like, it's such a bad way to get uh, revenge because you can immediately tell that you're not punching a football player because the moment you even look like you're about to punch a football player, they fall over dramatically and demand a penalty. Wait. Wait. <laughs> I did go to sleep that night. Like, uh, when as soon as the penalty was saved, I was like, there's an Italian deli on my road. And I was like, I worry for that deli. Like, I hope it's there. <laughs> Out of selfish reasons, it does very good focaccia. Like, I was, that's the most middle class problem to have. Where I'm like, where am I going to get my focaccia from? Well, I mean, if they had burnt the place to the ground, at least the focaccia would have been toasted in the morning. So oh, there it you go. Oh, it smelled amazing. I would have yeah. thought I was having a stroke, but, you yeah. know. Well, yeah, you, you, you would have wept. There would have been a bit of grief. You would have leant over. Delicious, though. <laughs> yes. 
The satirical cartoon this week is Sir Richard Branson at a party trying to lure people into a virgin galactic cupboard to play Four Minutes in Heaven. <laughs> and now into the magazine. Our section number one this week is a fake money section. It's a recurring section in our magazine. A girl group uh, is uh, releasing NFTs, but they're, they're an, a unique girl group. John Robertson, have you been following this story? After I got the brief for this episode, I suddenly dipped my head into this idea. I would hate to think I was going to take this seriously. Imagine if someone had created gorillas, but it's 25 years later, and now it's extremely tedious. That's, uh, <laughs> that's what we have here. Um, a group of people uh, have put together a digital punk band, uh, which mm. will be uh, creating songs through AI. Um, which uh, learns learns about how to deal with people by dealing with its fans. Uh, who it's been advertised can pick pick boyfriends for members of the group. Just in case you thought this was in any way a unique idea and not a sad reflection of the idol industry in Japan for the last thirty years. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird because I I I remember loving the gorillas when I was younger, but not worrying for their personal safety from the people that created them. Like, it just feels very odd, doesn't it? It really does. And it, it look, even though the money goes to an anti-bullying charity, that's mm. that's very nice, okay? Mm -hmm. But there's something intensely cynical about going, well, I'm sick of the music industry, so I'm just going to produce musicians that we've actually generated and can control, and then we're going to say that they're a punk band because that's yes. in there. <laughs> yes. Fight the power, but don't unplug us. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, their, their exact line is they play punky rock to get around the algorithm sort of pop that's popular on Spotify. I'm like, you've literally made, what are you talking about? Oh my God. Yeah. And like, uh, I, I listened to a few minutes of the interview with the creators. They're kind of basically saying that this band is great uh, because they don't take toilet breaks or they don't have breakdowns and stuff like that. And it's just, <laughs> it's just what happens if like uh, some malware gets in, you know what I mean? Is that the equivalent of the 27 club or something like that? <laughs> like what's going to 20 years from now, they're going to be suing their owners for the breakdown of the conservatorship that owns them. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Look, to, to me, if, if you go, I really like them because we can work them forever. It's like, all right, we'll just go and get a directorship at Amazon if that's how you're going to be. <laughs> that's the truth. That's the truth. <laughs> well, I, I think it's sort of, uh, it's nice that they're giving money to an anti-bullying charity because, of course, the people who are going to get bullied are the people who are desperately in love with a made-up punk <laughs> Look, I, propaganda machine. Everything we're talking about could be summarised with the phrase, this reeks of body pillow. <laughs> body pillows generally reek as well, don't they? Yeah, yes. yes, they do. I've cuddled up with my waifu. <laughs> God. On the other hand, this is the only way they've discovered to make sure that celebrities don't abuse their power over fans. <laughs> yeah, that is one thing. That is the one thing. <laughs> but what what if, given that their behaviour is meant to be, you know, it's meant to be deep learning, what if it eventually just comes out that they do? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Inviting teenage girls backstage to look at the motherboard. Ooh. <laughs> 
<laughs> rub the screen, rub the screen. No, only the roadies screen. Yes. Uh, the next story in our fake money section, of course, is that police have seized some cryptocurrency in a raid. Uh, Alison Spittle, you know all about imaginary money. Have you been following this? Yeah, so the Met Police have seized a record 180 million of cryptocurrency in London. Uh, their 39-year-old woman has been arrested on suspicion of money laundering on the 24th of June and has been interviewed over the new seizure, right? Um, the, and she's since been bailed as well, which I find very interesting because I want to know how did she pay for her bail? Like, was it through cryptocurrency? <laughs> um, the Met's Economic Crime Command made the seizure after following up intelligence uh, received about the transfer of criminal assets and the investigation is continuing. Now, they did not say, by the way, what cryptocurrencies they seized. And I looked up uh, cryptocurrency because it's been something, it's quite like Prosecco, right? As in, like, <laughs> I, I hear wankers talk about it and I want to keep as far away as possible from it. So I've never explored Prosecco and I've never explored cryptocurrency. But um, I've been looking up different types of cryptocurrency. Uh, generally, there's been, like, Trump coin, uh, Putin coin, which must be the same coin, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> they got a coin called Coinye Coin West as well. Um, garlic coin is my favorite though and that buys you garlic bread like people have made specific cryptocurrency to buy garlic bread and I was thinking like we can make up our own cryptocurrency like as a uh, as a as a podcast I mean we certainly can sell ourselves as an NFT yeah I would like uh, some crypto credit uh, for not making a joke about Coinye West going up and down a lot with the market I feel like <laughs> woke points for resisting that joke <laughs> Well done. Can we also give you points for still making the joke while saying you weren't doing it? That's, That's very good. <laughs> it's called a meta commentary. It sure is. <laughs> and so is me pointing it out. But I just think the idea of cryptocurrency that can be seized at all defeats one of the main purposes of cryptocurrency, which is to make the people who buy it feel like cool off-grid rebels who might one yeah. day do something so interesting and disruptive that they might need a secret untouchable stash of funds it's that lovely dream shared by so many people that it sort of makes you less james bond rebel outlier and more a cut cookie from the factory size cookie production line for podcast bro normativity <laughs> microdosing psychedelics and trying intermittent fasting is all well and good but your critical reasoning for choosing that path is not much better and no more indicative of specialness than my teenage girlfriends deciding which boy band member was really speaking to them <laughs> and I'm talking to someone who's currently wearing vibrant barefoot shoes, so I know whereof I speak. <laughs> uh, I just felt like that that was a, lan a boil that was being lanced there. And I was like, let Alice say her piece. Like This felt like the end of an 80s film where she do a slow clap now and go... <laughs> we have just watched an empire we were only tangentially where existed burn to the ground. Oh. Good. <laughs> Finally. John Robertson, how do you feel about this cryptocurrency seizure? Well, um, if, if anything, if anything, I feel moderately uh, reassured because um, 
in order to go and seize the cryptocurrencies, that would essentially just mean that the police had shown up to grab some hard drives. And so part of me goes, well, nice that it's just fake money yes! and not actually, yeah, you know, child <laughs> pornography. So nice to know we finally found a way of having an almost innocent internet crime. I feel Hooray. so very weird for cheering for child pornography, though. Like, I was like, <laughs> yes. And then I was like, oh, wait, it's child pornography. <laughs> yeah, but, but Alison, it's not like you just went, oh, like, Back in the good old days, God, things were simpler then. <laughs> it's all right. I'm, I'm just saying, okay, how nice that this is I've just a bit of wholesome money laundering. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's a joy. <laughs> yeah, by comparison. <laughs> in the rankings of crimes. Mm. That's how I feel when my bike gets robbed. And I'm like, well, at least it wasn't child pornography. You know? <laughs> I'm always doing that. Doesn't matter. It's your new range of merch, Alison. <laughs> <laughs> Alison Spittle, at least it's not, not child pornography. <laughs> we'll make that into a coin as well. At least it's not child yes. pornography coin. Like, you know. Oh my God. Hang on. In, in that case, we've become as altruistic as the AI band people. <laughs> there we are. Yes. Just donate that money to charity. You're just making a sick joke, but the money's going to charity. Well done. <laughs> that makes you good. Now it's time for your ad section. Ad section now because selfhood is a fragile construct and it's definitely buttressed by a hat that tells people at first glance what demographic class you fall into. <sighs> Are you a terrible person? Are you just wandering through the world leaving a trail of devastation in your wake? Try therapy. It'll either help or it'll give you the linguistic tools to be even more of an asshole while you talk about your journey <laughs> and probably blame your parents. Therapy. Sometimes it's about your primal wound and sometimes... Half a glass of water is just half a glass of water. <laughs> Not like half a dad. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> Once a month, the moon rises, and so too does the spirit of freshness. Meet Tupper Werewolf. Not just the smell of a plastic container you haven't opened for a month. Tupper Werewolf is the only way to store your supernatural supplies. Eye of Newt, Toe of Frog, Blood of Virgin. That shit is perishable, unlike your immortal flesh. Make sure when you wake from your ageless slumber, you don't have to immediately go shopping for staples. Tupper Werewolf. In all sizes and levels of creepiness, from small box of unidentified powder to two-headed formaldehyde goat fetus whose four bulbous eyes follow you around the room. Tough a werewolf. Who needs it? Are you? <laughs> Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com
Now it's time for our second section in this magazine, our pet section. Uh, and this is our goldfish story. They say size doesn't matter, but when they said that, they weren't talking about fish or sucking chest wounds. They were talking about penises. Uh, when it comes to fish, uh, some overlarge fish are causing trouble. John Robertson, uh, have you been following this fish story? I certainly have. And it's just, look, there's an old saying that I saw once referred to as an old saying and I've never heard anyone actually say, <laughs> but you put, you put a flea in a container with a lid, the flea will only ever jump as high as the lid. And then gradually, when you take the lid away, the flea will still only jump that high. It turns out you take a goldfish out of the bowl, you put it in the river, it becomes roughly the size of about half a man. Mm-hmm. And just as as with anything, becomes an, ev- an invasive species and destroys the natural population. Much bigger and way more forgetful, weirdly. Yeah, yes. Well, the, the, <laughs> what, 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 I, what I find kind of beautiful is that if... You go if you want to go with the idea that your goldfish has a two-minute memory. That goldfish that's in the river, living this life of extreme consequence, now the largest thing there, has no memory of when little Timmy little poured the pellets in the bowl. No memory of its previous life. It has always been a massive warrior. And in that way, is like every pissed man I've met in a pub who's seen UFC and thinks he isn't. So well, I think I think that's a, it's a great mascot for body positivity. It's just the bigger you get, the more you feel I've always been this way. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And now you can go to the bottom of the river and eat all of the plants that the other fish would. Perfect. Um, actually, my favourite thing about the article, though, is that right down the bottom of it, there is an apology. Yes! And, yep, Alison, do you want to take <laughs> no, it? No, you take it, please. Please read it. No, 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 please, please, please. Get it, get amongst it. It's so lovely. No, I want to laugh at this. No, you go. I just remember I noticed that too, but I feel, uh, all right. Yeah. It, it's just them saying, look, and, you know, they're just walking back some retract, you know, some retraction. The, the river was in a different place. And, you know, this has actually happened earlier. And then they've just said, also, we have changed it. Uh, the original headline did include a reference to the fish being monstrous. Yes. <laughs> and it was lovely. Just, just gorgeous. I just love the idea that the Goldfish Anti-Defamation League has had a quiet word with them. Someone has. Someone m- messaged them. Like, Definitely. I maintain it was the goldfish. Did you see it? It was massive. It was deeply frightening. Well, the good thing about that goldfish, though, is after two minutes, they won't remember that they were uh, <laughs> referred to as monstrous. and They could be fine. That that stuff sticks with you. Yeah. Yes. This has all come from an awareness-raising announcement about not releasing your goldfish into lakes and bodies of water, mm. uh, which brings up a very odd kind of character to me, the person who has bought a goldfish and not accidentally killed it, but sort of acquired a conscience that means that they need to release it into the wild. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't... Like they tried to create their own free willy kind of thing. Yes! Being under a goldfish. You know what it is? It's somebody trying to make a wholesome TikTok video with their kid. <laughs> Go over there, stand on the rocks, hold the camera. I'm going to throw this fish over you. Oh, oh! you're meant to catch it, you fool. <laughs> it really is like the, the picture of the fish, if listeners could look at it at home, it I would describe it as a chode-sized fish. Like it is just <laughs> massive. It is just so big. And I've been thinking about like my... Did you have any goldfish when you were younger? That was my first pet. And my first fish was called Brett. Um, and I named him after my dad's friend who he worked with. And I thought he was my best friend. So I named my fishes after people I liked. So I had one fish called Brett and one called Mummy. 
and uh, named it after my <laughs> mum. And uh, she told me one day that she was cleaning out the fishbowl and the fish jumped into the toilet and she flushed it by accident. And like, because she didn't have the heart to tell me that the fish died and then she disposed of it in the toilet. But I did go around for about like 22 years thinking my mum was very stupid that she flushed <laughs> a live fish down a toilet. I was like, how did this happen? But uh, yeah, so that, Look, that's, that's the way I feel about fish. It's better than my grandmother who told my father that the Greeks at the milk bar had eaten his rabbit. No yeah. way! <laughs> what? what? In vengeance for, so she came over sort of sneakily and illegally on a boat and she wasn't allowed to have her dog with her, but she would walk it at night and there was a Greek lady who also walked her dog at night and then the Greek lady's dog got caught uh, and thrown overboard and the Greek lady <gasps> dobbed granny in. So forever after she had this vengeance streak, which meant that my dad would just give the dirty eye to the Greek chocolate milk bar down oh the road God. for like 20 years until she was like, wait a minute. My mum talked a lot of nonsense. I wonder if this was some of that. And there's, it was. There's yeah. two dog deaths in that story, but yet the the hatred of the Greek is the saddest thing in the world. You know, there's quite a, quite a lot of hurt. Two dog deaths and one persistent hate crime. This is amazing. <laughs> is that a new Richard Curtis film? Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. They brought they brought Simon Callow back in to play the voice of the dog. Two dog deaths and a hate crime. Yeah. It's been updated. Ooh. Oh dear. Ooh, ooh. Ooh, ooh, ooh f- the Greeks. Oof. Yes, I could oh, oh I could see it. Quickly license the sad covers of Beatles music. It's coming. And in other pet news, uh, pet influencers oh. are surging in popularity mm. thanks to a rise in animal adoptions during the pandemic. And I've always said a dog is for life, not just for the pandemic. But uh, who <laughs> knew that the future would contain an overfed pug teaching me how to do a cut crease while selling me weight loss tea? John Robertson, <laughs> you're an influencer. Um, how do you feel competing with... With the uh, birds and beasts. Nothing more shameful than I've done in 19 years of stand-up comedy. This is fine. (laughs) When when you realise that you can't win a fight because the football's on the television next to the stage, it's okay. I don't mind being outperformed by an animal. Um, To be fair, what I really enjoy about this story is just that it's been written as though this is all contemporary information and it hasn't been researched particularly well because... It says this, this brand has started working with Grumpy Cat on a range of shoes, forgetting that Grumpy Cat has been dead for two years. <laughs> <laughs> so, which, which prompted me prompted me to have to question my own values as I realised that I had paid attention to the life and death of a celebrity animal, not for the first time, <laughs> um, followed then by realising... Oh no, they've started a licensing deal with the family who owned the animal that is dead that would have had no conception that it was famous or what fame was or what shoes are. Beautiful. (laughs) With animals becoming influencers, what I would love to see is the use of the notes app for an apology and what what an animal would apologise for, you know? So... Yeah, a big long apology going, I didn't know the stuffing in the couch wasn't food. And as I ate and ate the couch, (laughs) and the vet bills cost a lot, but I've learned a lot, you know, that kind of thing. We all make mistakes, but we all need space to learn and grow. And I hope that you stay with me. I I just... I just want you to know there's a lot of rumours on the timeline that I ate Alice's dad's rabbit and (laughs) 
That is very hurtful. Yeah. The Greek people are an amazing people. It's not even based on like a damaging stereotype of Greek people. It's not, you know, like Greeks love a love a wild pet rabbit, you know. She just made up a new thing. Yeah. But that that's how they all start though. There's like one person gets affronted and then pretends that's the whole, you know, representation of whatever country it is. Well, we're, we're Australian. We know a thing or two about that happening. Yes. But as with all influencer culture though, it's a lot mm. more difficult than it looks at first glance and many fewer people are very successful at it than you would think uh, because there's no reason that is apparent for any of them becoming successful. A lot of people think that they can become an influencer quite easily. Imagine being like a third tier pet influencer manager. <laughs> my my sister is one, Alice. Jenny Renee, she has a dog <laughs> called Rio. Uh, and if anyone wants to follow it, I think it's called Rio the Pug on Instagram. She's been trying for years to get that Instagram off the ground. She keeps like at and pet food pet food shops to go, Oh, Rio really enjoyed her lovely cereal mix today. And it's like <laughs> Rio didn't give a shit, mate. Rio by the way, Rio's farts smell disgusting, so I think she needs to change you know, the dog food thing. But uh, it's very, because I think that dog's very cute. And I'm like, why? what does Grumpy Cat have that Rio doesn't? Like, that's what I want to A genetic uh, abnormality. Yeah, a, a, a legit deformity really? that people were able to put a personality on. Um. <laughs> isn't that stand-up comedy? Is that not stand-up comedy? <laughs> yeah, the difference is the cat was able to monetize it. So. <laughs> I feel so attacked. <laughs> well, if if you, I don't want you to feel attacked because I've just looked up Rio the Pug's Instagram and oi, oi. <laughs> I think every podcast I'm going to go on, I'm not going to promote my podcast. I'm just going to promote Rio the Pug's Instagram. <laughs> uh, that's all the time we have for our pet section because now it's time for your reviews. As always, our guest editors have brought in something to review each mm. week. Uh, Alison Spittle, what have you brought us in? So the last time I've been on the Gargoyle, I don't think I'll ever beat the review I did, which was uh, the the sensation of batteries in your mouth, uh, generally. So I thought I'd go more in in this world. And uh, yeah, uh, I'm, I've got a plan for the next time. Next time I'm on the show, I'm go, I am going to go to a naturist spa on my road. It's not open yet. We have to wait until Freedom Day. But I am going to go and review it because I've read some of the Google reviews for that nature spa and it's hilarious. One has got I mean, one this star. This is the kind of commitment to work that yes. keeps you coming back again and again. Tax deductible, baby. <laughs> <Go in>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this this uh, this place, this uh, spa uh, has a one star review and with the with the saddest ever review line I've ever read, which was they would not let me in, which I was just like, that is that is a great review. But the thing I'm reviewing today is uh, a book. Uh, called A Matter of Facts by Sean Williamson, who plays Barry out of EastEnders. Um, it's a journey. It came out last year. I listened to it on an audiobook. And it's about his journey into quizzing. So if you haven't heard of Sean Williamson or the concept of Barry from EastEnders, Barry from EastEnders uh, was a... <laughs> he was a... <laughs> he was an unlucky in love car salesman who was the comedic foil of a soap for about six years, right? And then he got really into quizzing. Like, and he's just, an, he, he also sang Something Inside So Strong at the National Bowls competition. And what I love wait, about... Wait, 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 the character or the actor? 
<laughs> the actor, but like really, it's the character. We're all he's never been referred to anything other than Barry from EastEnders. Um, okay. <laughs> but he he is an amazing quizzer, and I'm quite inspired by him because he's one of these people. And and this is not um this is not a personal attack or anything like this. And I say this with absolute love. Um, he's not particularly good at the stuff he does, <laughs> but he just does it with a passion, with a, with with a lack of um, you know, self awareness, uh, and awareness at the same time. And he's an inspiration to me. And I listen to him at night instead of Malcolm Gladwell because I'm trying to like inspire myself uh, to do better and to be more like Sean Williamson from EastEnders or Barry from EastEnders. Yeah. And also it's very padded out. Like he got this book and there's quite a lot of trivia in it. Do you know, and I feel like he was hitting the deadline and it really helps me sleep. I love it. I love it cuz I'm like <laughs> I'm like no, you know, he he got a book deal. Anyone could get a book deal, but it's a good book. It is a good book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many stars out of 5? Um, <laughs> um, free? Free stars? Three. Three stars, but five for like personality and trying, and anything he does, I love. Do you know? It's that kind of thing. Yeah, five, five for him, but three in real life. You know. Excellent, John Robertson. What have you brought us into review? Well, I hesitate to show it to you in any way, so I'm. Um, I'll gladly describe it. It caught my eye in the shower earlier, and it was not a not entirely wonderful or salubrious. But here we go. So I have really bad toe fungus uh, just down <laughs> down to my right. And um, yesterday I became aware that at some point, uh, apparently the actual nail trimmers had exploded in some bizarre circumstance some time ago. So I had to sort of break it open um, just with any sort of sharp object that's not going to go anywhere near my mouth. So having done that and then, and then eventually repurposed some scissors to trim it back, I looked down today and I thought, what a well-groomed fungal nail. And in that moment, (laughs) I became aware that this has become a terrible metaphor for most of my life. (laughs) As As I look down and go, ah, how neat, how toxic. So um, for presentation, I'm going to give that a five and for actual content, a one. Uh, Look, you're making the best out of a bad situation. This is literally putting glitter on a turd. A a bad situation that I caused and could solve. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That's all the time we have for our review section because now it's time for entertainment news. Our Emmy section, surprises and snubs, opening up with Emmy victories. MJ Rodriguez, the first transgender woman taking a nomination for Outstanding Lead Actress in the series Pose. Amazon Prime's drama The Boys, nominated for the best drama. Uh, Of course, some classic snubs. The Japanese epic The Tale of Genji, groundbreaking in its field, snubbed again for the thousandth year in a row. And outrage as F9 from the Fast and the Furious saga fails to win most ludicrous in a car scene, despite there being literally a scene with celebrity, is it rapper? Ludicrous in a car. Judges said that in their defense, he wasn't being himself to the max and that they want to leave more room for the franchise to grow. Any notable snubs and victories from your end, John Robertson? Uh, well, uh, I've I've managed to accidentally snub apparently the entire television industry over the course of the last year, having managed to watch none of the nominees, uh, despite whether they've been nominated for 24 or 20 or how many Emmys. I feel as though I've seen people post on social media that they enjoyed shows and I've seen shows in gift form 
and now I feel like I've watched them. So um, <laughs> that's been my experience of it. I've snubbed the entire Emmys and, and why not? They've snubbed me just because once again, for the 20th year, I haven't worked in television. <laughs> <laughs> Alison Spittle, Snubs and Victories. Well, Bridgerton got quite a lot of uh, nominations, uh, but they missed out on, I think, a, a number one uh, nomination, which is the most awkward time spent with your stepfather watching a TV show. <laughs> uh, my stepfather is legally blind and he doesn't believe in the audio description model. He'll just ask you if he doesn't kind of understand what's going on. And I remember spending one Christmas... <laughs> Uh, telling my stepfather that that woman is interfering with herself, but it'll be over soon. <laughs> and uh, that really made my Christmas. Uh, so so for that, for that, they should get nominated. But they've also been nominated for other types of awards. But yeah, that's the number one award for me. I will argue infinitely for the validity of Bridgerton uh, as as a, a making of a genre that has been historically ignored by the literary um, yes industry despite being one of the most popular genres in history uh with a huge number of readership it's not allowed on bestseller lists because they don't want to uh taint themselves with the fact that romances and uh, sci-fi and fantasy outsell quote-unquote real books by uh, such a large margin and uh anyone who claims to be into feminist literature but does not include romance novels the only genre that is written by women for women uh is really missing a trick in my book so i i'll defend bridgerton uh, to the hilt um, I did not know that like I didn't go on this podcast expecting to learn uh, sorry <laughs> you've, just tr- you've just triggered a little rant of mine defending uh, unwanted genres I didn't come onto this podcast expecting to hear the phrase that woman is interfering herself but don't worry it'll be over soon <laughs> It's a it's a very Catholic Irish word for wank. Yeah. So it is. Oh, oh yeah. No, I I understood. I understood exactly the the work that had gone into it. There was a lot of cultural work behind it. Yes. <laughs> I, I, also I a lot just... of cultural assumptions. I would have gone with facilitating herself. And yes. Rather than yeah, pleasuring herself, it's somehow being an enjoyable activity, rather than we don't understand why that's happening. She can't control the hand. <laughs> interfering Ah! with her daily life she just wants to pray that's all she's trying to do but oh the devil any predictions for emmy uh, nominations for next year 2022 uh, shows that do not exist or have not been released yet oh look i strongly suspect that um amazon primes we've bought all of lord of the rings and you best believe that's going to be the longest adaptation of anything you can imagine uh that (laughs) that had better be rolling in emmys or so help me god they will just buy the emmys would be my feeling Um, I think there should be a a new reality based, uh, like a a reality competition for people that are rappers and also uh, uh, COVID aware. And that is uh, the lateral flow test. And we'll be, you know, that's (laughs) very nice. (laughs) Those words were certainly interfered with, weren't they? And of course, uh, the Game of Thrones prequel will be out, uh, which raises questions in the minds of many as to whether once they've jettisoned George R. R. Martin from the Fantastic franchise, whether there'll be less sibling rape. Um, 
Uh, but I'm very thankful I don't watch that with my stepfather. Could you imagine? <laughs> that dragon that dragon is interfering with himself, you know? That's the thing about Game of Thrones. You never have to imagine. No. <laughs> And that's our Emmys section for today. Now it's time for Space News. With space tourism opening up off-worlds of possibility to the fashion-forward billionaire, it's only a matter of time before we're all aspirationally imagining what we'd wear for our own space selfie to make those TikTok bitches jealous. Uh, <laughs> we're going to do, a, this is a pull-out section, a space pull-out section with advice for the fashion-forward uh, space tourist. Do either of you have any tips or tricks for those who would like to imagine themselves going to space but will never be able to afford it. Well, the the way I the the way I I purposely ignored uh both those absolute wank stains and their and their space endeavors for the past few weeks. I've actually do you know the way people go on about how they don't like oh, three of them? Yep. Is that? Mm-hmm. Who's the third? Uh, it's Branson, Musk and uh, Bezos. They're sugar babes of absolute wank stains. <laughs> they are. Absolute, the evil sugar babes. There's three of them. I didn't, I'm, like, I genuinely think like they can't control what happens when they die and I can't wait because I think we should write on their gravestones like their worst... Um, their worst product possible. So Richard Branson, we should never mention anything uh, about space travel. It should be Virgin Coke, which was an endeavor he pursued in the mid 2000s. And we should just go, uh, ver- uh, you know, Coke Baron. Uh, Richard Branson has died today, and just keep, you know, just <laughs> just keep talking about that. Um, yeah, I really do. Do I have any advice for them? Uh, don't come back. Yeah, <laughs> genuinely, because you know the New York is flooding. There's fire in the sea, and then we have Richard Branson going. He didn't even reach outer space. You know what I mean? It's inner. It's inner space. So like, you know, I don't know what he's showing off about. That is like someone getting a hand job and pretending they had a threesome. He's like a 14 year old boy. <laughs> That's exactly what he is. <laughs> Just said at a time of my life with Rebecca. Rebecca gave you a hand job out of pity. <laughs> and you've changed this into like a threesome. Because that's the type of person that that person is. You should, yeah, you should have been happy with the hand job and kept it secret. But no, you had to show off. <laughs> Sorry, that's space. Uh, <laughs> talking to Richard Branson. <laughs> Any space tips for the fashion forward uh, traveller, John Robertson? Look, absolutely, especially since these three billionaires have just in in one fell swoop ripped the absolute heart out of whatever altruistic purpose the space programs of various countries had and and the dreams of Gene Roddenberry in one go. So they've destroyed <laughs> space travel and Star Trek in the one. Um, my fashion advice for you, uh, if you are to go into space, if at any point, you feel as though uh, you aren't actually a main character in the show and you're only going to be there for the one episode, uh, you might want to put some blue tack on your forehead and uh, just dress as everyone else uh, that you know. Just same outfit for everybody. Uh, please understand <laughs> you're only a day player and have a problem that can be solved very easily uh, by somebody saying, well, let's turn the chronotons around forward, backwardly. And anyway, in about 45 minutes, they'll solve the planet. So there we go. That's my <laughs> advice. Yes, and never be the true love interest of the main character. It's a a recipe for death. If it's the main character, you're going to have a horrible time. If it's the guy with the beard, eh, maybe. Maybe it'll be all right. (laughs) If it's Wesley Crusher, what are you doing? 
a couple of tips and tricks for space mm. decor. You like a throw rug? What about a throw rug that stays thrown? Take a gravity <laughs> out of the equation <laughs> with your design concept and just fling a cashmere blanket at the ceiling. Scented candles are a terrible idea in space and long baths are a good way to literally murder everyone on board. So make sure your self-care options are in sealed packages. Try classical music or an expendable pet. Do you enjoy an instructional plaque saying things like live, laugh, love? Jazz up the meaningless pap space style with wall-mounted sayings like breathe, check for leaks, and don't forget to fully seal your buttocks on the vacuum toilet so no poo gets loose, Darren. Do you feel like a billionaire yet? His space sex tips. Space flirting is like regular flirting, but you don't have to lie about being an astronaut. You're both astronauts. So if you're on Richard Branson's space skimming flight, you'll have to move quickly. Make sure zero G sex isn't literally you ignoring the G spot. It's right there. And if you can't find it, you need to work on your mutual communication skills. Space fashion. You might think you're limited to boring old spacesuits, and indeed you are, but space fashion is all about the accessories. Try a chunky necklace or diamond encrusted oxygen tank to really express yourself into the searing vacuum. Remember in space, no one can hear you scream, but they can definitely see you work it, queen. <laughs> <laughs> So now you're set to fling yourself into the endless void. You can answer the age-old question. Is firing our billionaires into space a punishment or a reward for successfully winning the game of money, only to realise you're still not happy and conclude that the answer to your emotional emptiness is to hurl yourself from the face of the earth in an attempt to capture the inspirational propaganda slash nostalgic futurism of the Cold War rather than, for example, spending more time with your kids. <laughs> Uh, now it's time for our Tour de France Wang section. Uh, this is okay. our, our Wang Police section. John Robertson, you're Australian and therefore from a nation of narcs. What, yep. What's happening here? <laughs> well, it turns out that the most interesting part about the Tour de France isn't the spirited athletes on their magical bicycles, clumping themselves together, getting mostly taken out by a happy person holding a street sign to impress their grandparents. Uh, well, it wasn't a street sign, but just a cardboard <laughs> sign. It turns out that there is a group of people. It, it, let's let's just call them um, quick Stalinists. I'll call them quick Stalinists <laughs> out the front. Um, sort of a sort of a light speed um, sensors who go ahead of the race to make certain people haven't drawn dicks on the road <laughs> so th so that people are defended on the television coverage. I'm I'm obsessed with it. It's beautiful. That's incredible. It's actually the backstory of that Beatles song. Why don't we just do it in the road? <laughs> <laughs> because these French blokes will stop us. They've covered us with tarmac. Yes. But they're not just they're not just erasing the dicks, they're turning them into other things in the same way as my brother's school friends would turn anything uh, in any of their school books into a penis. They're, they're doing the reverse engineering of that. They're turning the penises into a beautiful butterfly or an abstract piece of art or a man with a big nose and two very boggly eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that are noticeably underneath the nose. Yeah, I remember that illustration. <laughs> Alison? It's amazing uh, that, like, um, you know, people are kind of bored with the Tour de France that they've just added drawing dicks into it, <laughs> which I think could be improved with so much uh, sport in general. Like, I would love to see, uh, I would love to see horses do dressage where they're doing it in the formation of a penis. You know, wouldn't that be brilliant? Oh well, or... who doesn't love a giant horse cock? So yes. <laughs> 
you have yes, to f- you have to feel for these men because of course the the sign that they've done their job well is that no one notices that they've done their job of course uh, as with you know the sound guy or many other of these sort of invisible workers but it seems to be like an incredibly high stress job i didn't know there were so many people who were desperately trying to deface the tour de france except for obviously the athletes who are trying to deface it with drugs <laughs> I, to, to be honest, I, I'm so contemptuous of organized sport at the best of times because, you know, I mean, we've just had the Euro finals over here, which as we discussed has been an excuse for great violence and just lunacy. Um, mm. So I, I can see it happening because it, it's people emotionally over investing in something and then just going, right, well, we're here. We've spent the money. We're here. We're here. It's like, why wouldn't you draw a dick on it at that point? <laughs> <laughs> You've got to find something interesting in this otherwise sad activity of oh the bike people went by oh good will we see them again oh no <laughs> what a wonderful world that would be actually yeah. if less people fought and more people drew dicks yeah <laughs> yes it would <laughs> well this is the thing it makes me wonder this the existence of these men uh, erasing the penises makes me wonder you know so much of of historical and archaeological uncovering is just uncovering dicks on walls in ancient rome or ancient greek monuments how many yes. dicks have been erased from history how much have we lost oh definitely i definitely there's been some uh graffiti where it's like for a good time send a carrier pigeon to 214 <laughs> you know what i mean uh, the, 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 that type of graffiti uh, gets covered up. There's got to be more graffiti. We're just not paying attention to it. You're right. What other types of graffiti would there be? There's a great bit of um, Roman anti-Christian graffiti, but it's from a school. Have you have you ever really? seen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's incredible. It's a really piss poor drawing of a crucifix, but there's a donkey being crucified on it, and it's another oh one. It's another one of the students praying to it, and they're like. Get a load of Smith praying to his donkey god. Oh, <laughs> you know that, that classic bit of banter of oh, I tell you what, <laughs> wow, the donkey god. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I donkey god seems like a good god to pray to them. Absolutely, like, uh, it's it's, yeah. it's it's durable. <laughs> yeah, so it's depressed. a testament to the Jesus glow up. Yeah, you uh, want, <laughs> you want over the years. <laughs> yeah, back in the day, they were like that bloke's yeah. teeth are minging. <laughs> we're calling him yeah. donkey god. Jesus took up CrossFit and then they were like, wow, he's looking great. Like, you know, donkey abs and everything like that. Well, I mean, with, you know, with, um, you know, evangelical Christians love of celibacy, they may, you know, may as well have just gone with the mule God. They might've felt more comfortable around that. You know, you got, got to hand it to it. At least it can't breed. So. <laughs> okay. With that little bit of blasphemy that brings us to the end of the show, I can watch Alison Spittle's Catholic guilt rising in her. Um, <laughs> Yes, I know. After time, genuinely, I've said this before and I'll say it again. I don't know what is residual Catholicism, what is mental illness, like, in my head. I can never tell the difference. I can never. It's very hard to check. <laughs> if God responds, it's both. So... <laughs> And that brings us to the end of the show, flipping through the ad section. John Robertson, have you got anything to plug? I certainly do. Uh, I stream 10 times a week on uh, www.twitch.tv slash Robotron, R-O-B-B-O-T-R-O-N. Uh, Twitter, it's the same thing, Robotron. Pop on by, please. And uh, here's an ad for anti-capitalism merch, if you'd like to show that you're against the establishment uh, by our range of 
t-shirts ethically sourced and $12 a pop. Alison Spittle, have you got anything to plug? Yeah, I'd like to promote a film that I'm in called uh, Bicycle Thieves Pumped Up and it's premiering at the Galway Film Fla next week on uh, the Thursday 22nd of July and it's going to be shown online at 8pm on Thursday 22nd of July. I'm going to do a co-video party to watch along to it and also I've got a podcast called We'd Have Missed Fortune with Alison Spittle and Fern Brady on uh, BBC Sounds. Yay! Those are the two things. Thank you for listening and thank you to our roaming correspondents who sent in stories, including Mike T. Cope, who sent in the Tour de France Wang story. If you have a story you'd like to send in, tell us it at Palo Garglers on Twitter. Uh, speaking of Twitter, I'm at Alliterative on Twitter and Instagram. That's A-L-I-T-E-R-A-T-I-V-E. Or sign up on my Patreon, patreon.com slash Fraser. It's a one-stop shop for all of my podcasts, uh, specials, and my weekly Tea with Alice salons. Uh, various things are for free or not for free. The editor of this podcast is the inimitable Ped Hunter. The executive producer is Chris Skinner. This is a Bugle podcast and Alice Fraser production. I'll talk to you next week. You can listen to other programs from The Bugle, including The Bugle, The Last Post, Tiny Revolutions and The Gargle, wherever you find your podcasts. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com